All right. Um, if you'll open your Bible to John 14, 23. Okay, so uh, to put us back where we have been, so we talked about uh, the reality of God, about making Him more real in our lives, about uh, understanding that He is supposed to be the most real uh, person in our lives, that we want to live in a place where uh, God can do all things that that is hopefully a place that we want to be and that we've got to fight for that space. So this morning, uh, just a few minutes ago, we talked about the presence of God and about if he's real, then the God of the Bible says that he wants to be present with us and what, what that presence looks like and what it means. It means to be home. And that we live a God who wants to live in our presence and wants us to live in his presence and what that means. And so we spent the past uh, kind of couple sessions talking uh, about, uh, about concepts. And we want to move into talking uh, about life. About, about doing this thing uh, that it means if he's real and if he's present. Then what does it mean to live as if that's true? Right to continually live each life, not just whenever we gather together, uh, wherever Christians gather, but that we, uh, but that we live that life uh, apart from those gatherings, and we live that life on Monday morning and Monday late morning and Monday at lunch and Monday early afternoon and late afternoon and first dinner and second dinner. Yeah. And so on and so forth. I think it's that space, though, that there's not an expectation or an intention to live that way, is there? I would definitely say that that has not been uh, my intention uh, for a lot of my Christian life. I did not intend uh, to live life with God. I just, I wanted him. I wanted his salvation. <laughs> I wanted him to answer my prayers when he needed me. I wanted him to just kind of let me be. And I slowly realized that that's not what was best for me. And that's not what he wanted. He wanted something much, much more and something much, much better. Um, John 14, 23. Uh, Jesus uh, answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and we will make our abode with him. That the God of the universe who... Uh, told his uh, people when he brought them out of Egypt to put a fence around the mountain where God was going to come and manifest himself. And he lit that mountain on fire and he struck it with thunderbolts, <laughs> great clouds, and he spoke with a mighty voice when he gave the covenant on Sinai. You guys are not holy enough for me. But it's the same God who comes and tabernacles with us, John says in John uh, 114, it's this God who wants to make our abode with him. That once we understand who he is and how we come into his presence, that he then wants us to say, okay, God, I want that. How do I then come into your presence and live there? This is that promise. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And so it's those that are obedient, right, that show God that we love them and it's these people it's these people that I will come into and we will make our home with him and so the expectation is not that you've had a crappy home but that you probably haven't yet made your home with him right that we haven't 
understood that those two things are equated. That when I am obedient, that Lord seeks to come and make that, that a lifestyle. And so that's what we want to um, give you a couple tools to start doing that today. What does it look like to live with God dependently? And so um, if you'll turn now with me to Psalm 23. So I heard the, uh, one of the groups, y'all, talk, y'all closed your session with Psalm 23. I'm so proud of you <laughs> on Thursday. So we're going to talk about this a little more. Psalm 23, if you're not familiar with it, this is the best psalm. No, no question about it, okay? If you have these factions, you know, some people like 119, some people like one, you know, some other stupid ones. But, but Psalm 23, yeah, Psalm 23 is the best, the best one. I should have like a Psalm 23 jersey, like I'm that big of a fan. Psalm. 23. Psalm. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Thank you for thank you for indulging me. <laughs> You're like, that was weird, but I liked it kinda. I like that. That's all of you are saying. I'm not gonna tell him though. After this, I'm not gonna say I like that. Let's do that more. Alright, Psalm twenty Psalm twenty three. <laughs> The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That last verse is the key to understanding that this is David's cry, and this is his heart, and this is what he sought to do. And as we know, uh, definitely and perfectly. But he still sought to do it, and the Lord uh, still made his home with David. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever that I get to practice living in his house now. I get to enjoy the presence of his kingdom now. And I will get to continue to live that life that I'm learning to live now forever. And that is the promise that we hold on to. And that is the promise of why we do it. So let's look first at a, um, at a few of these scriptures independently. The Lord is my shepherd. This is that declaration that I am a sheep and I need one. I need a shepherd to guide me. This is describing a dependee and dependent relationship. You are the dependent. God is the dependee. He is your shepherd. And because I have a dependee, one who is so good at what he does, he was made for this job, and he made us to receive his shepherding. It's because of this relationship that I have no lack. That a sheep with a shepherd doesn't lack for anything. Not one thing they need that they don't have. The shepherd cares, he nurtures, he protects, he sustains. He instructs, he provides, 
he encourages. These are all the things that a shepherd does for his sheep. These are all the things that our God will do for us if we will just let him. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This is the most important declaration. Is the Lord your shepherd? Can you picture what that would look like? I'm scared. Shepherd, take care of it. <laughs> shepherd, I don't know what to do. Please, tell me what to do. I'm frightened. I'm hurt. I'm beside myself. Lord, I, I don't know how to do this. Please show me how. Keep me from things. Think of all the things that a shepherd does for a flock of sheep. All the things he could do for you if you would just let him. And it is in letting him do these things that I then no longer have lack. Do you have lack in your life? Yeah. I do. And it's only in the things that I don't let him <laughs> shepherd me in. Verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. The dependee acts on the dependent so that they feel safe enough to lie down in places that are comfortable and fruitful. How many of you, again, would like to have a good night's sleep? To feel okay about that engineering test? Lord, am I going to, can you sustain me through this rigorous process? Yeah, I can. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me. He is the one that guides me and says, lie down. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like the antithesis of our life, right? We're just kind of moving. I can't, I can't. I got this to do. I got this to do. I got this. There's every, every excuse in the world is just, right? How many of you need that? Just <laughs> over here, just <laughs> you guys not to be left out. <laughs> Right? They give my kids just lie down, right? Rub the back clockwise. That's counterclockwise. Clockwise. <laughs> the dependee leads the dependent to places that are nourishing, life giving, and tranquil. He wants you to, to move you out of the places where, uh, where you're struggling. Right where you're, he's like, come, come with me. Let's go. He has led you here this weekend. He knows that you needed this. Right? We have a green pasture. Isn't that nice? We, ha we have quiet waters. Isn't that a cool picture of the things that we see on a daily basis that, that those are things that we have access to and they are comforting in the midst of Turmoil. Verse 3, he, he restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. The dependee makes the dependence, makes better the dependent soul. I know each of you have probably had times in your life where you feel, right, unworthy, dirty, unkempt, broken, 
And he's saying, come back to the potter who can remake that. Come to the builder who needs to renovate that which is broken and restore it to what it was meant to be. This is not a fixer-upper, just slap some paint on it. You're his creation. You are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good work. So he is restoring you to pristine condition. Connor knows what I'm talking about. He likes to do this with cars, right? Mm -hmm. Right, how much work that is. How painstakingly he is putting each part together to restore it to its, the glory that it was meant to have. And you're saying, Father, you restore my soul. You who made me can do that, and I want you to. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Lord guides the dependent into what is right in his sight for the purposes of glorifying himself. I do this so that other people will understand what I'm like. He leads you in rightness, in correctness. This is not a foreign word to us. Righteousness is just the things that are right, the things that are good, the things that are correct. He leads us into those things and not into something else. I don't know about you, but I want to be right. I want to know how to do the right things. Verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even in times of great peril where I'm exposed to trouble or even death, I fear not because you are there with me to do all of the stuff that I cannot do. He is, David is talking about the times in his life when he, there's nothing but death at his door and he says, even that, Father, even that, I trust you. Though I get close to wasting away, I know I won't because you are there. This is not a go on ahead of me, it's safe. It says, come on. <laughs> come on, we can do this. I fear, and then I fear no evil for you are with me. I don't fear things that might happen because I know that my God has my back. As the sheep lies there, I know that even though it's possible for a wolf to come, he is there to keep me from that wolf. If only I will listen and stand back behind him. Our God fights for us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This, I think, is the hardest one uh, that as you look down the list, you're like, uh-uh. <laughs> your rod and your staff, they hurt. That's what sometimes why I want to stay away, that I feel like I'm, I'm uh, deserving of punishment. And then we are. But that's not how our Father treats us, is it? Your correction comforts me because I know you are teaching me how to live. And you are kind. He's not saying, he's not wrapping our knuckles. He's saying, climb like this, run like this, build like this, talk like this, live like this. That's the rod and the staff, gently nudging, keeping them in line, keeping them moving on the paths of righteousness. If you'll only listen. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. When people are against me, you are not. You are the opposite. In the presence of my enemies, I can see those right in front of me, those that are against me. You say, sit down. Let's have a banquet. Here's what I can give you. Here's what you mean to me that I want you to sit down and trust me and be here for the goodness that I prepared for you, even as you can see your enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Oil was precious and good. It was meant to be given to anoint someone to say, I cherish you. You are important to me. You are set apart. All of these things the oil represented. And the psalmist is saying, in the midst of this thing, not only do you prepare, in the midst of my enemies, in the midst of what is possible turmoil for me, you set a banquet before me. That's how you love me. It's not, here's some crackers. Good luck. Throw out the spread. I want you to know that that's how much you can trust me. Sit down. Don't worry. We got this. Let me pour oil over your head. We're not going anywhere. Let me make sure how much you are lavishly loved by me. That I'm expending things that are costly to me in your favor. I want you to know that you are mine. I don't just randomly go pouring oil on people's heads. <laughs> but only those who matter. And it's because of this uh, thing that my cup overflows. You give me abundant goodness. So much so that others can see it and have more than I need. It's living in this state and in this dependent state that I have more than I need that I can give to you. If this is not something I've loved, I could not minister to you. There's so many places that I fall short, but it is in just me learning to do this that I have capacity. There's so many ministers that I understand that have no capacity for this. They're just doing things. And I have fought with this. And this is so important for all of you to understand that it is God's overflow, right? It is Him caring for us that allows us to be healthy enough to care for others. My cup overflows. Verse 6, Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It is because of my experience with you that I know that... That you will be like this for the rest of my life. Surely goodness and kindness will follow me all the days of my life because you have been good and kind to me up until now. Why would you do any different? As we have experienced the goodness and kindness of our parents and as our friends, why would they treat us any differently? It is that experience that drives us forward. It is that experience that enables faith to move forward and build and grow in the object that has, that has loved us well. And it's because of this experience that I declare that here I will dwell. In this place, in this relationship, I will dwell forever. The comfort even in an earthly relationship of my of finding a home with my wife and us declaring that we will live here forever. We will figure this out. Amen? The back? 
practice, right? <laughs> Jim and Ada have been experiencing this a little longer than us, but they'll testify to the same. You have promised that I will be with you forever, and I'm looking forward to that. Amen. I believe we absolutely want this sort of relationship. It is foreign to our day-to-day. Other responsibilities happen. Our priorities change, sometimes daily. How do I have this dependence amidst this mindset, my current mindset and my attitude? Uh, If you'll turn with me to Luke 18. No, that's not right. Hold on. Nope. Hold on. Yes. Carry on. Luke 18, 16 through 17. How do I have this dependence amidst this mindset and this attitude I have that other responsibilities happen, our priorities change, sometimes daily. I'm I'm navigating a shifting sand of values and priorities every semester. For those of you that have been in uh, college more than one semester, it's different every semester, isn't it? Like your friends kind of change each semester. Their schedules change, right? You're like, why am I hanging out with you? Not that your other friends go away, but it just, it, it's just that different each time. Where did my other friend go? Luke 18, 16 through 17. But Jesus called for them, saying, Permit the children to come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child when I enter it at all, here is... What I think is the key is what I described to you uh, the last session as we think back to the relationship that we had with our parents when we were toddlers. This is the way that we need to come to God, that we need to come with this wild expectation that he will do the things that I need him to do. And that I will live in such a way as that I am making that the case. It is my contention that the overwhelming characteristic of a child is dependence. As you saw me carrying around my little one, AJ, you know, like a sloth, like she, I just can't, like I put her down and she just tucks her legs. Like she just, you know. She's okay with being dependent. She quite enjoys it. (laughs) She loves that relationship that cares and nurtures and teaches and instructs. She's enjoying the snot out of it. And I think we will too. I know I have. Accepting the kingdom of God is accepting God as king. Accepting his rule and submitting to his rule. Remember when I gave the list for what the shepherd provides? This is also the list that our parents generally provided, isn't it? Care, nurture, protection, sustenance, instruction, provision, encouragement. 
So now what? You need to let him care for you. You need to let him nurture you. And you need to let him protect you. You need to let him sustain you. You need to let him instruct you. And you need to let him provide for you. And you need to let him encourage you. It means going to him for every one of those things instead of somebody else. That's it? Yep. Everybody can do it. I need care, I need care, I need care. Oh. (laughs) God help me. Lead me to others that can help me. Remind me that I am loved, that that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. When we need nurture, when we need encouragement to come out, to be brought in, to grow in a safe space, that we need to be reminded of his promises, right? that we can ask him to calm our heart, to encourage, to lead us. I need protection. Father, I feel, I feel vulnerable. There are many against me. Help, send others. Don't let my heart fail. Think about all the things, how we normally react in these situations when we need these things. I dare say that every once in a while, or maybe you're great at this and you do this, testify to the people around you that this is the, that this is the way to do it. So much of this life begins in our prayer life. It needs to be constant and ongoing. Prayer is an exercise of faith. I want you to, to picture this. this. This is a very good picture for me uh, as I work with Katie and Robbie every day that I need things from them. Just like I need things from God. God, I am dwelling on this thing that is robbing my joy right now. Father, I don't know what to do. What should I do? And he'll put verse after verse in my heart. And he'll send a person to encourage me. When I ask him, when I bring that thing to him, he answers every time. In the office, I have need uh, of things. There's, there's a lot of help. I can't, I can't do all the stuff that we try to do on our own, meeting with students and praying and planning stuff and all the, all the things that we do to, to, help, uh, to help shepherd. Um, I depend on them. And so our conversation is constant. It's not just like one random thing every once in a while. I am constantly talking to them about what I need and what I'm feeling and asking their opinion about stuff. It's a beautiful picture of God, what God's relationship with us. If, he, if, if he's real, if he's present, he loves me, then he wants all that. All of it. You're not too much for him. You understand that? That you are not too much for God? <laughs> if all day long you are coming to him, this is what he wants. This is how he made you. All day long our kids come to us This is what we're here for. What else are we here to do? (laughs) God said, hello, I want to be your God. (laughs) If if, If you want me to be your God, this is what it looks like. It doesn't look like anything else. This is not like a... uh, an IT department that just like, call me, we have a real problem. (laughs) 
Turn to John um, 15, 16. We'll close, with a, we'll close with a couple things. John 15, 16. In relationship with someone, remember, there is constant and continuous communication from the dependent to the dependee. We are the dependent. God is the dependee. He wants everything. He wants to help us with everything. It says, you did not cho- choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Whatever you ask in this relationship. I've chosen you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. And I've chosen that that fruit would stay there. That it's not a bloom once. Great. See ya. That he wants you to continue to bear fruit in him. And it's because of this that he wants this relationship. It is here that he asks you to ask him for things. John 16, 24, until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be made full. Have you ever experienced getting something that you needed? Whether it's a birthday, <laughs> whether it's a, uh, a holiday, whether it's you're having a bad day and you got a hug and you needed it, where you got a kind word and you needed it, where you got a truth and you needed it. What is that feeling? It's fullness, it's joy that I got what I needed. And this is what God wants to provide. He is your life. Knowing him and what he is about, this is what Jesus himself says is eternal life. 1 Kings 8, 28 Yet, he reg- uh, yet we regard to the prayer of your servant, to a supplication, O Lord my God, to listen to the cry and to the prayer which your servant prays before you today. He is calling out. Yet regard the prayer. Hear my prayer, Father. Hear this request. O Lord my God, listen to this cry and to this prayer which your servant prays before you today. So this lifestyle looks like prayer, constant, continuous conversation for your needs and living with him. And it also includes acting in obedience. I must do what the Lord asks of me as I am individually prompted. If I do not know what to do and I ask him, Father, what should I do? Then it also means that when he gives you that answer, that you do it. Right? If you pray to him and ask him specific things, he will answer you. Father, should I do these things? He'll be like, no. (laughs) We know the answer when we pray that prayer. Often we don't do what he tells us to do. And this is also included in living dependently. McClendon, Daddy, can I do that? No. (laughs) And then sometimes he chooses to live independently and there are some consequences as there are for us. Think about people uh, in the Bible that you've seen do this. 
that you've seen say yes to God. Abraham is nobody, and yet God calls him out. And believe it or not, he has the uh, ability to say, nope. But instead he says yes. And the Lord takes him on a mountain. He says, look up. Lift up your eyes to the north, south, east, and west. I want you to take it all in. This is the land that I will give. This is the land that I will give your, uh, your people. Time's up. So I'm going to finish with this. Joshua 24, 15. This is life. This is the this is the decision before you each day as we're talking about the reality of God and the presence of God, talking about life with God. Joshua is a, an obedient figure amidst uh, a nation of disobedience. If you're not familiar with Joshua's story, he was. He was a young man uh, that came up uh, with his uh, family out of Egypt. And he was among the men when he brought them to the promised land that were to go and scout out the land and see how good it was. First, our Christian lives, it would be like saying, hey, you guys go, go, go ahead of me into the future and see what it'll look like if you will live with me and be dependent on me. I want you to see the goodness that it upholds. I want you to see the things that you'll have to go through and conquer, but that land is good. And so Joshua and Caleb and 10 other guys that we, whom we don't know their names, <laughs> go out and scout out that land. And it's only Joshua and Caleb who come back and say, oh, it's good. I want to live there. And the other men are too scared to go because there's things that they'll have to give up. There's things that they'll have to overcome. And it's only Joshua and Caleb that live from that generation. Every other one perishes in the wilderness. They are the ones that are allowed to go in. And as Joshua has come and has um, had some victories there, he speaks to the people and he says this in verse 15, If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Essentially, what I have been doing for the past several sessions is advocating for life with God. That He is real and that He loves you. And that your life with Him is better than the life that you live now. That's what I'm putting before you. That is what I'm arguing. And if this is disagreeable in your sight, to serve the Lord, to love Him, to be dependent on Him, to live with Him, then choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. And I dare say that though that is the question you and choice you have every day of your lives, who will you serve? Will I live independently today or will I begin to live dependently on God? The choice again, whether the gods which your fathers served which were beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. Do you want to continue living the life that you're living now? Do you want to live some other life or do you want to live God's life with him? 
If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people of God need as many people who will stand up and say that. Today, in this place, in my apartment, in my class, on this campus, when I leave this campus and go wherever God sends me, whoever he brings into my house, whoever that entails, we will serve the Lord. We choose to live dependently with him. Will you do that? As I pray, I would like you to pray. If you don't know what that answer is, then ask him, Lord. (laughs) You know my heart. This sounds good. I'm scared. I did that one time. It was awesome. (laughs) I should do that again. Father, we lift um, every single person in this room up to you. And Father, I pray that you would give us courage. Father, that you would allow us to see your face enthroned above everything. And it is that high and mighty and exalted place that I would ask that you would look down upon us and smile. And remind us that we are loved and that we are wanted with you. And Father, I pray that you would give each of us the courage to decide and declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. Because I will dwell with you forever. Lord, as we lead into worship, Father, I pray that these, um, these words would ring true. Uh, as we close real quick, I wanted to uh, read a couple things to you. Um, at the, the very first Thursday of the semester, we had um, you guys write down prayer requests. And so I picked a few of these out. I keep these and I pray over them. And I just want you to listen to a couple of these things that you, some of you may have written in this room. You prayed, Father, please help me to know how much you want me to spend my time and whom you want me to spend my time with. Help me balance school and relationships, study and fun. Give me peace over decisions. Help me to put greater faith in you. Reveal yourself to me in ways I have not seen and show me how you want to use me. Lord, I pray that you will help me to trust in your faithfulness. You have never failed me and you won't now. I ask that you calm my fears and my anxieties this semester. Lord, please send your love and your spirit into all of our lives. So many here in Columbia are lost and so many are broken. Draw us closer to you in all that affects us. Help me to be strong and focused even when things get hard. Help me to be confident in myself with you. I can do anything when you are with me. 
Lord, show me how big you are and how good you are and how worthy you are of it all. All of me. Take it all and leave me wide open for you to fill. Regardless of physical exhaustion, Father, and lack of motivation, help me look to you, follow your footsteps, ministering to those around me. Help me realize my desperate need for you. So I will be willing to let others around me know you too. Lord, help me to follow you in all things. Help me to be the godly influence that you want me to be. Help me to remember that you are with me. Help me to do your plan. You guys want to be dependent. You cry out for this all the time. Let him.